Reading Your Way to a Culturally Responsive Classroom by Shannon B. Wangless and Patricia A. Crawford. Four-year-old Yasmin, who is Black, walks into the dramatic play area, enjoying the sound of the beads in her braids, clicking to the rhythm of her steps. Her teacher, Miss Cindy, who is white, and her friend Alexis, who is Black, are sitting on the floor, talking and braiding the doll's hair. Miss Cindy and Alexis take turns choosing beads to put in the doll's braids. Recognizing this familiar scenario, Yasmin picks up a doll and declares, I'm Auntie Doreen. She sits down to join the play. Thinking about how carefully her mother brushes her hair, Yasmin picks up a plastic banana and tells another child, my baby likes this brush because it is the softest. Later, Miss Cindy reads aloud, I love my hair, and talks with the children about the things adults do to help children take care of their hair. Children share their experiences. My mother washes my hair every night and dries it with a little blue towel, says Tatiana. I sit on a chair in the backyard while my grandpa shaves my head, states Delvin. Miss Cindy reiterates that children have different types of hair and there are different ways adults care for children's hair. But these actions all show love. She asks the children whether they have noticed that differences in their hair are related to differences in the races and ethnicities. Showing children that we see and value all aspects of them, including attributes related to race and culture, is a critical step in helping them feel welcome and connected to their teachers and peers. In the preschool classroom in the vignette, Yasmin sees others engaging happily in a familiar routine that is part of her family life. When her teacher intentionally participates in this play and follows up with a book about it, she is sending the message to Yasmin and her peers that this classroom is a place where all children, no matter their culture or ethnicity, can feel comfortable being themselves. Yasmin not only expresses aspects of her racial and cultural identity through her play, but she also takes pride in sharing them with others. Moments like this help convey to Yasmin that she is accepted in this classroom and can safely build a strong relationship with her teacher. This feeling of trust is crucial because it sets the stage for Yasmin to engage freely in exploration and learning. Reading Your Way to a Culturally Responsive Classroom by Shannon B. Wangless and Patricia A. Crawford. Four-year-old Yasmin, who is Black, walks into the dramatic play area, enjoying the sound of the beads in her braids, clicking to the rhythm of her steps. Her teacher, Miss Cindy, who is white, and her friend Alexis, who is Black, are sitting on the floor, talking and braiding the doll's hair. Miss Cindy and Alexis take turns choosing beads to put 
in the doll's braids. Recognizing this familiar scenario, Yasmin picks up a doll and declares, I'm Auntie Doreen. She sits down to join the play. Thinking about how carefully her mother brushes her hair, Yasmin picks up a plastic banana and tells another child, my baby likes this brush because it is the softest. Later, Miss Cindy reads aloud, I love my hair, and talks with the children about the things adults do to help children take care of their hair. Children share their experiences. My mother washes my hair every night and dries it with a little blue towel, says Tatiana. I sit on a chair in the backyard while my grandpa shaves my head, states Delvin. Miss Cindy reiterates that children have different types of hair and there are different ways adults care for children's hair. But these actions all show love. She asked the children whether they have noticed that differences in their hair are related to differences in the races and ethnicities. Showing children that we see and value all aspects of them, including attributes related to race and culture, is a critical step in helping them feel welcome and connected to their teachers and peers. In the preschool classroom in the vignette, Yasmin sees others engaging happily in a familiar routine that is part of her family life. When her teacher intentionally participates in this play and follows up with a book about it, she is sending the message to Yasmin and her peers that this classroom is a place where all children, no matter their culture or ethnicity, can feel comfortable being themselves. Yasmin not only expresses aspects of her racial and cultural identity through her play, but she also takes pride in sharing them with others. Moments like this help convey to Yasmin that she is accepted in this classroom and can safely build a strong relationship with her teacher. This feeling of trust is crucial because it sets the stage for Yasmin to engage freely in exploration and learning. Addressing Race in Early Education Classrooms. Early childhood educators are well-versed in the importance of building relationships with children of diverse backgrounds, but many try to do so using a colorblind approach. That is, they do not directly talk about race or race-related experiences. This approach, although not intended to be harmful, may send the negative message to children of color that their teachers do not recognize or feel comfortable acknowledging a salient and influential part of their identity, their race. Researchers and practitioners are still figuring out how to best to address race so young children can develop their own positive racial identity, build relationships across races, and recognize and stand up to race-related injustices. There are a number of ways early childhood educators can approach race in the classroom. We refer to these practices as race-related teaching practices, or better known as RRTPs. In this article, we began to address the need for these practices by offering categories 
for thinking about RRTPs and suggesting ways teachers can use children's literature to welcome related conversations. Children's literature offers an engaging vehicle for generating these conversations as depicted in the opening vignette. We see these discussions about race in relation to children's books as part of a larger effort to revise conceptualization of high quality early childhood education to include teaching practices that intentionally address race. As Lanson Billing stated, addressing race in our teaching practices challenges us to reconsider what we mean by good teaching. Children see race, and so should we. Children's ideas about their own race and others' races are forming in early childhood. Regardless of whether the topic of race is directly addressed, completely ignored, or actively suppressed in the classrooms, each approach sends a message, intentional or not, about how children should think about and understand racial differences at a time in their lives when they are beginning to notice and respond to race. Children as young as three months are aware of racial differences. And by the time they are preschoolers, they make choices based on race about with whom to play and how. In the absence of intentional teaching, children are left to come to their own conclusions about how to think about their own race and others' races. Research suggests that the common practice of ignoring race in early childhood classrooms is not satisfactory and that educators must take a more active and anti-bias approach to addressing issues of culture and race if they are to enact positive change. In the United States, the majority of early childhood teachers are white. Classrooms and the educational materials chosen like children's books often reflect the values and beliefs prevalent in a traditional white ethos. When educators do not notice this and do not attempt to counterbalance the, pri the primacy given to white early childhood experiences, they miss opportunities to teach children and all races should be valued. As a result, white children may subconsciously learn that their race holds a privileged status compared to others, and non-white children may learn that their race does not. The good news is that there are opportunities to teach children that we value all cultures and aim to be fair to people of all races. By shifting classroom practices, early childhood educators can positively impact children's acceptance of their own race and others' races. Race-related teaching practices in classrooms. For adults working with young children, RRTPs may include helping children to develop positive racial identity, the ability to build relationships across races, and the awareness of race-related injustices and the inclination to take action to stop them. We propose thinking about three categories of RRTPs, colorblind, color-aware, and social justice approaches. 
As mentioned earlier, the color blind approach is a common but ineffective and potentially harmful method in which adults do not directly talk about race with children. Yet, the absence of intentional message about race sends a powerful message in itself. Children are left to develop their own understanding about race. And if they ask questions, they may be met with adults declining to talk about race at school. An improvement on the colorblind approach is a color-aware approach. To be color-aware is to intentionally teach children about race and tell them that we see and value their race because it is an important part of who they are. Adults in color-aware classrooms bring up race in direct and positive ways, take advantage of teachable moments, and respond to children's race-related questions and interactions with books and activities to advance the conversation. One step beyond color awareness is a social justice approach to teaching about race. This RRTP is considered ideal because it empowers children to play a role in acting against discrimination. Teachers using this approach to help children learn how to actively recognize and act on race-related injustices. Taking a social justice approach means seeking out teachable moments that specifically have to do with unfairness or discrimination, such as suggesting children write a letter to a company that makes flesh-colored bandages to let them know that their products do not match all skin tones and to propose that the name or the color should be changed. Ultimately, educators can look for opportunities to infuse all aspects of children's learning with color awareness and social justice connections. Although addressing all aspects of a classroom practice is ideal, teachers who are new to RRTPs may find it easiest to begin with children's literature, an accessible medium for early childhood educators. Racially Relevant Children's Literature. Children's literature has enormous potential for helping children develop positive racial identity. In 1965, Nancy Lyric wrote passionately about the all-white world of children's books, noting that the body of children's literature overwhelmingly featured characters who were white and that the books were aimed at a white readership. Some 50 years later, Children's book author Walter Dean Myers posed a question in the New York Times. Where are the people of color in children's books? The question remains a sound one. Many scholars have examined the topic of diversity in children's literature, noting that the majority of publications continue to portray a homogeneous, white, middle-class existence as the norm. These portrayals are not consistent with the lives of many children and their families. Books can be mirrors in which children see and savor images and representations similar to those of their own lives and experiences. They can also be windows that enable young readers to gain new cultural perspectives by peering into other worlds. Teachers and other caring adults can make the most of these mirrors and windows by selecting literature 
that represents the diverse experiences of children and using it effectively to develop culturally responsive classrooms that promote color awareness and social justice. Note that although it is important to share, explore, and learn about all cultures and races, in the limited space this article provides, the authors focus on children's literature that mainly highlights the African-American experience. Choosing high quality, diverse literature. Children need access to books that reflect their own race, culture, experiences, and context. Literature should include representations of different aspects of daily life within a culture, with particular attention given to aspects of setting and racial relevance. Israel Jack Keats, for example, was among the first picture book creators to portray a cast of Black characters in an urban setting. More than half a century later, children still enjoy readings, The Snowy Day, which follows Peter, a young Black child, as he plays in the snow. The story is one that unites a child's sense of excitement with warmth of family, love, all situated in an urban setting. Another example is Tap, Tap, Boom, Boom, which provides a lyrical look at a rainstorm and the way it plays out in the streets of a diverse city. The rain sends everyone ducking for cover, resulting in chance meetings and the beginning of new relationships, including interracial ones. Readers might also seek poetry grounded in the daily lives of Black children in varied settings, such as Thanks a Million by Nikki Grimes, Brothers and Sisters, Family Poems by Eloise Greenfield, and Honey, I Love You, also by Greenfield. It is important to look carefully at unique issues of racial relevance. Physical aspects, for example, are addressed in Jabari Asham's companion board books, Whose Toes Are Those? and Whose Knees Are These? These joyful rhyming texts celebrate black and brown bodies. Likewise, I Love My Hair by Natasha Tarpley, Big Hair Don't Care by Crystal Swain Bates, and Emmy's Curly Coily Cotton Candy Hair by Tina Olajate. They reinforce the beauty of thick, curly hair, more typical of Black children. (music) Tips for selecting diverse children's literature. Base your selection on quality. Books should not just teach a lesson, but should have a good story high-quality text, and engaging illustrations. Choose books that help children see themselves. Include books that mirror different aspects of identity, such as race, setting, beliefs of children in the class so that they can imagine themselves in the story. Choose books that help children expand their understanding of others in this multicultural world. Include books that introduce children to new people, places, and concepts that they may not yet have encountered. 
Look widely for books and text. Be alert to new titles related to diversity. In addition, the library can be a great source for out-of-print titles that appeal to children and relate to urban issues and diversity. Use text sets. Expose children to different perspectives. These book collections may be organized by theme or may feature the work of a highly accomplished author or illustrator of color. Great picks for books by Black writers and artists include those by Christopher Myers, Floyd Cooper, Jacqueline Woodson, Ashley Bryan, Jerry Pinckney, Brian Pinckney, and E.B. Lewis. Addressing Race in Early Education Classrooms. Early childhood educators are well-versed in the importance of building relationships with children of diverse backgrounds, but many try to do so using a colorblind approach. That is, they do not directly talk about race or race-related experiences. This approach, although not intended to be harmful, may send the negative message to children of color that their teachers do not recognize or feel comfortable acknowledging a salient and influential part of their identity, their race. Researchers and practitioners are still figuring out how to best to address race so young children can develop their own positive racial identity, build relationships across races, and recognize and stand up to race-related injustices. There are a number of ways early childhood educators can approach race in the classroom. We refer to these practices as race-related teaching practices, or better known as RRTPs. In this article, we began to address the need for these practices by offering categories for thinking about RRTPs and suggesting ways teachers can use children's literature to welcome related conversations. Children's literature offers an engaging vehicle for generating these conversations as depicted in the opening vignette. We see these discussions about race in relation to children's books as part of a larger effort to revise conceptualization of high quality early childhood education to include teaching practices that intentionally address race. As Lanson Billing stated, addressing race in our teaching practices challenges us to reconsider what we mean by good teaching. Children see race and so should we. Children's ideas about their own race and others' races are forming in early childhood. Regardless of whether the topic of race is directly addressed, completely ignored, or actively suppressed in the classrooms, each approach sends a message, intentional or not, about how children should think about and understand racial differences at a time in their lives when they are beginning to notice and respond to race. Children as young as three months are aware of racial differences, and by the time they are preschoolers, they make choices based on race about with whom to play and how. 
In the absence of intentional teaching, children are left to come to their own conclusions about how to think about their own race and others' races. Research suggests that the common practice of ignoring race in early childhood classrooms is not satisfactory and that educators must take a more active and anti-bias approach to addressing issues of culture and race if they are to enact positive change. In the United States, the majority of early childhood teachers are white. Classrooms and the educational materials chosen like children's books often reflect the values and beliefs prevalent in a traditional white ethos. When educators do not notice this and do not attempt to counterbalance the the primacy given to white early childhood experiences, they miss opportunities to teach children and all races should be valued. As a result, white children may subconsciously learn that their race holds a privileged status compared to others, and non-white children may learn that their race does not. The good news is that there are opportunities to teach children that we value all cultures and aim to be fair to people of all races. By shifting classroom practices, early childhood educators can positively impact children's acceptance of their own race and others races. Addressing race in early education classrooms. Early childhood educators are well-versed in the importance of building relationships with children of diverse backgrounds, but many try to do so using a colorblind approach. That is, they do not directly talk about race or race-related experiences. This approach, although not intended to be harmful, may send the negative message to children of color that their teachers do not recognize or feel comfortable acknowledging a salient and influential part of their identity, their race. Researchers and practitioners are still figuring out how to best to address race so young children can develop their own positive racial identity, build relationships across races, and recognize and stand up to race-related injustices. There are a number of ways early childhood educators can approach race in the classroom. We refer to these practices as race-related teaching practices, or better known as RRTPs. In this article, we began to address the need for these practices by offering categories for thinking about RRTPs and suggesting ways teachers can use children's literature to welcome related conversations. Children's literature offers an engaging vehicle for generating these conversations as depicted in the opening vignette. We see these discussions about race in relation to children's books as part of a larger effort to revise conceptualization of high quality early childhood education to include teaching practices that intentionally address race. As Lanson Billing stated, addressing race in our teaching practices challenges us to reconsider what we mean by good teaching. Addressing race in early education classrooms. 
Early childhood educators are well-versed in the importance of building relationships with children of diverse backgrounds, but many try to do so using a colorblind approach. That is, they do not directly talk about race or race-related experiences. This approach, although not intended to be harmful, may send the negative message to children of color that their teachers do not recognize or feel comfortable acknowledging a salient and influential part of their identity, their race. Researchers and practitioners are still figuring out how to best to address race so young children can develop their own positive racial identity, build relationships across races, and recognize and stand up to race-related injustices. There are a number of ways early childhood educators can approach race in the classroom. We refer to these practices as race-related teaching practices, or better known as RRTPs. In this article, we began to address the need for these practices by offering categories for thinking about RRTPs and suggesting ways teachers can use children's literature to welcome related conversations. Children's literature offers an engaging vehicle for generating these conversations as depicted in the opening vignette. We see these discussions about race in relation to children's books as part of a larger effort to revise conceptualization of high quality early childhood education to include teaching practices that intentionally address race. As Lanson Billing stated, addressing race in our teaching practices challenges us to reconsider what we mean by good teaching. Addressing race in early education classrooms. Early childhood educators are well-versed in the importance of building relationships with children of diverse backgrounds but many try to do so using a colorblind approach. That is, they do not directly talk about race or race-related experiences. This approach, although not intended to be harmful, may send the negative message to children of color that their teachers do not recognize or feel comfortable acknowledging a salient and influential part of their identity, their race. Researchers and practitioners are still figuring out how to best to address race so young children can develop their own positive racial identity, build relationships across races, and recognize and stand up to race-related injustices. There are a number of ways early childhood educators can approach race in the classroom. We refer to these practices as race-related teaching practices, or better known as RR. In this article, we began to address the need for these practices by offering categories for thinking about RRTPs and suggesting ways teachers can use children's literature to welcome related conversations. Children's literature offers an engaging vehicle for generating these conversations as depicted in the opening vignette. We see these discussions about race in relation to children's books as part of a larger effort to revise conceptualization of high quality early childhood education to include teaching practices that intentionally address race. As Lanson Billing stated, addressing race in our teaching practices 
challenges us to reconsider what we mean by good teaching. Race-Related Teaching Practices in Classrooms. For adults working with young children, RRTPs may include helping children to develop positive racial identity, the ability to build relationships across races, and the awareness of race-related injustices and the inclination to take action to stop them. We propose thinking about three categories of RRTPs, colorblind, color-aware, and social justice approaches. As mentioned earlier, the color-blind approach is a common but ineffective and potentially harmful method in which adults do not directly talk about race with children. Yet, the absence of intentional message about race sends a powerful message in itself. Children are left to develop their own understanding about race. And if they ask questions, they may be met with adults declining to talk about race at school. An improvement on the colorblind approach is a color-aware approach. To be color-aware is to intentionally teach children about race and tell them that we see and value their race because it is important part of who they are. Adults in color-aware classrooms bring up race in direct and positive ways take advantage of teachable moments, and respond to children's race-related questions and interactions with books and activities to advance the conversation. One step beyond color awareness is a social justice approach to teaching about race. This RRTP is considered ideal because it empowers children to play a role in acting against discrimination. Teachers using this approach to help children learn how to actively recognize and act on race-related injustices. Taking a social justice approach means seeking out teachable moments that specifically have to do with unfairness or discrimination, such as suggesting children write a letter to a company that makes flesh-colored bandages to let them know that their products do not match all skin tones and to propose that the name or the color should be changed. Ultimately, Educators can look for opportunities to infuse all aspects of children's learning with color awareness and social justice connections. Although addressing all aspects of a classroom practice is ideal, teachers who are new to RRTPs may find it easiest to begin with children's literature, an accessible medium for early childhood educators. Reading Your Way to a Culturally Responsive Classroom by Shannon B. Wangless and Patricia A. Crawford. Four-year-old Yasmin, who is Black, walks into the dramatic play area, enjoying the sound of the beads in her braids, clicking to the rhythm of her steps. Her teacher, Miss Cindy, who is white, and her friend Alexis, who is Black, are sitting on the floor, talking and braiding the doll's hair. Miss Cindy and Alexis take turns choosing beads to put in the doll's braids. Recognizing this familiar scenario, 
Yasmin picks up a doll and declares, I'm Auntie Doreen. She sits down to join the play. Thinking about how carefully her mother brushes her hair, Yasmin picks up a plastic banana and tells another child, my baby likes this brush because it is the softest. Later, Miss Cindy reads aloud, I love my hair, and talks with the children about the things adults do to help children take care of their hair. Children share their experiences. My mother washes my hair every night and dries it with a little blue towel, says Tatiana. I sit on a chair in the backyard while my grandpa shaves my head, states Delvin. Miss Cindy reiterates that children have different types of hair and there are different ways adults care for children's hair. But these actions all show love. She asks the children whether they have noticed that differences in their hair are related to differences in the races and ethnicities. Showing children that we see and value all aspects of them, including attributes related to race and culture, is a critical step in helping them feel welcome and connected to their teachers and peers. In the preschool classroom in the vignette, Yasmin sees others engaging happily in a familiar routine that is part of her family life. When her teacher intentionally participates in this play and follows up with a book about it, she is sending the message to Yasmin and her peers that this classroom is a place where all children, no matter their culture or ethnicity, can feel comfortable being themselves. Yasmin not only expresses aspects of her racial and cultural identity through her play, but she also takes pride in sharing them with others. Moments like this help convey to Yasmin that she is accepted in this classroom and can safely build a strong relationship with her teacher. This feeling of trust is crucial because it sets the stage for Yasmin to engage freely in exploration and learning. Racially Relevant Children's Literature. Children's literature has enormous potential for helping children develop positive racial identity. In 1965, Nancy Lyric wrote passionately about the all-white world of children's books, noting that the body of children's literature overwhelmingly featured characters who were white and that the books were aimed at a white readership. Some 50 years later, Children's book author Walter Dean Myers posed a question in the New York Times. Where are the people of color in children's books? The question remains a sound one. Many scholars have examined the topic of diversity in children's literature, noting that the majority of publications continue to portray a homogeneous, white, middle-class existence as the norm. These portrayals are not consistent with the lives of many children and their families. Books can be mirrors in which children see and savor images and representations similar to those of their own lives and experiences. They can also be windows that enable young readers to gain new cultural perspectives by peering into other worlds. Teachers and other caring adults can make the most of these 
mirrors, and windows by selecting literature that represents the diverse experiences of children and using it effectively to develop culturally responsive classrooms that promote color awareness and social justice. Note that although it is important to share, explore, and learn about all cultures and races, in the limited space this article provides, the authors focus on children's literature that mainly highlights the African-American experience.